that this class has invited me to be your speaker. Now, I see, looking out at you, that you are following the tradition of over-the-top hats. So I brought a hat, too. A Russian hat. Continuing the hilarious uh, media tradition of she lost because uh, of the Russians, which there is no proof of yet. Uh, there's hardly any evidence of it. Oh, Anyway. Well, again, H.L. Mencken said that failed candidates for the presidency should be quietly hanged as a service to the public. Seems so old. they don't roam the landscape. Po- it's poisoning the public sentiment with their anger and, and frightening the children like some sort of Frankenstein. Hers I get better than most, though. I understand she has to, for self-protection, go with the Russians caused it, because otherwise she has to look at herself and how unlikable she is and some of her awful decisions. Sure. Um, By the way, since we're mentioning presidential politics, it's it's an enormous personal rejection. Oh, yeah. And she made some really stupid mistakes. Right. Uh, Bernie Sanders is considering another run for president, according to his former campaign manager, which is a pretty good source, even if it means running against Elizabeth Warren. So it'd be pretty, uh, pretty damned interesting stuff. Wow, right there. the far left dividing itself between its two heroes. When you got the age thing too, it's pretty sure. Old, so. <clears throat> well, and she's no spring chicken, right? No, she's nor not. an Indian. But anyway, um, <laughs> that's not really relevant, Jack. Why would I bring that up? So super good to be back. Uh, let's dive a little more. I guess you guys touched it, uh, uh, touched on it last week. The how much money do you have to have to be wealthy? Yeah, Marshall had that in the polls. news. There, there's some detail to it, though. The, the numbers behind the numbers I found really compelling. All right. Um, we'll do that. Plus, you know, Trump demanding the Justice Department investigate itself again. Um, so I've got a, a great whistleblower sh- uh, telling you how uh, politics really works behind the scenes that I found really enjoying, and perhaps you will, too. Um, I've ended up in a Twitter war with my own dog, which is an odd, hmm. odd position to be in. Uh, first of all, it's it's great to be back, having taken Thursday and Friday off for a three, really kind of three and a half day golf tournament that my son uh, flew home to play in, and uh, we had a great time, just fantastic time. We had absolutely no hope of competing because it's it's three rounds of golf, and he plays five rounds of golf a year, and that's three of them. So. You know, we're just we're out there to knock it around, uh, have a couple of beers in the sunshine, and then do a little father son thing, which was absolutely wonderful. And by coincidence, little D flew home from college. She's only going to be home for about a week and a half. Um, then she goes back. She's got a campus job over the summer, which is cool. But you know, we'll miss her. She's also got a cute boyfriend there, so you know that may have been a factor. Um, uh, so it was great. It was a big family reunion, and actually things got a little out of hand uh, Wednesday night. We were a little shaky for the first tea uh, Thursday, but that's the way it goes, as we are, uh, you know, thank God, a family that loves each other. Likes to drink. Uh, and, uh, Is that what you were implying? <laughs> no. Nope. Okay. Nope. Just stayed up late uh, dancing and uh, and uh, prayer meeting. So, anyway. <laughs> dancing. Our hand, our legs were tired from dancing. Our hands were tired <laughs> from praying. <laughs> But Little D is, uh, she is a future lobbyist, probably. Um, 
She's very convincing, including uh, Dad, you'll be happier with a dog. That was her big theme like a year ago, mm-hmm. right? And we have a dog, Baxter the dog. Uh, well, Delaney, for all of her lobbying skill, isn't as good at, at implementing public policy. Specifically, she leaves food laying around all the time. Mm. Not aware of the, the reality of dogs. Actually, Judy and I were guilty, too. We think he ate half a coffee cake. That's enough. Well, we were uh, dropping Declan off at the airport. I think that was it. No, that's right. We went to the pharmacy. So we were gone for like 10 minutes, and he ate half a coffee. Oh, a dog can eat that much in a, in a oh, second. Please. please, you leave the room and come yeah. back. It's gone. Um, we can't even find the, the Ziploc storage bag it was in. So we're hoping that doesn't block him up. You don't want to eat that. Because I told him, look. One, Take it out of the bag. One emergency. Right. Yeah, use your claw and your teeth. It opens. Look, it just pops right up. No, I, I told him one emergency surgery if you eat something ridiculous. One. Second one, we bid you a fond farewell. Wow. Now, some of y'all, you've spent wow. $50,000 on some 16-year-old cat. I think you're nuts, <laughs> but you're certainly free to live your life financial and pet the way you choose to. Sure. And I don't judge you. Don't judge me. But I told them we'll give you one emergency intestinal blockage surgery and only one. So anyway, we're, we're hoping that plastic bag comes out of him somehow. We found no evidence. None. No crumbs, no bag, no nothing. We have no idea how he did what he did. He may have stashed it because in the search for the half a coffee cake, Declan found a sleeve of crackers stashed in his bed. Yeah, we've had that. We had that one time with a dog where uh, what was missing a box of cinnamon rolls or something. Mm. And we found it under a couch cushion at some point. (laughs) Yeah, honey. Hidden it for later. Honey, keep looking. Because the fact that there was no evidence whatsoever seems a little odd. But uh, so it was. Uh, I'll get back to you. So um, I got my wife texting me about something else. Honey, I don't know if you know my schedule, but uh, so it was a great family visit. Absolutely wonderful. Big D is back at uh, at work and get ready to move, et cetera. But so uh, my dog happened to tweet Baxter Getty has a Twitter account and he tweeted. Hi, I have a special message for all of you. I love Miss Delaney. And I thought, oh, that's that's nice. That's great. And I tweeted back, then why did you eat her sticky bun, huh? She was really looking forward to it. Fresh baked by mom. Because, oh, I forgot to mention, in addition to half a coffee cake, a couple hours later, Delaney leaves a sticky bun out. And he eats that. Well, Baxter tweeted back at me, hi, please reference my prior tweet, Mr. Joe. And sure enough, he had tweeted a number of days ago, hi, I hope Miss Delaney leaves something yummy on the kitchen counter for me. <laughs> And I tweeted back at him, damn you, you clever beast. So I'm bested. So are you paying for his uh, smartphone cellular service and all that sort of stuff? It's not clear to me how he got enough money to buy Mm. it. I figure don't ask, don't tell. Mm. But he walks around with it in his paw, staring at it. And sometimes I say to him, hey, I'm in the same room. I'll pet you if you would like. Yeah, yeah, I'm just checking my uh, Facebook, he says. (laughs) Wags his tail a little bit. Yeah, good to see you too, Joe. And he wanders out and pees. Right. It's It's Kids these days. Yeah, I'm telling you. So, uh, anyway, it's good to be back at work and uh, talking about all the pain, misery, and hatred that is the American media scene, uh, including... Oh, do we have time for this? Yeah, we have a little time for this. This gladdened my soul. So, we were talking about the Amazon and Starbucks uh, thing in Seattle. The Seattle, if you're a big company, we're going to hit you with an extra tax per worker. 
which is theoretically going to tackle the affordability of housing, which will therefore render homelessness a thing of the past. In reality, it's going to make Amazon leave Seattle and have headquarters somewhere else. Well, right. Yeah. I was thinking about this. You know, you, you, you utopian socialist types, you've got to stop looking at private enterprise companies, the companies that pay for everything. Do you know charity comes from private enterprise? It's money created by profit that's then given to charity. Socialism doesn't exist without profit, which is why socialism always fails because it eliminates profit. The very thing you demonize is the only thing that gets you what you want. But anyway, stop looking at Amazon or a big company like some sort of permanent fixture like Half Dome or Mount Everest. you got to look at it as a plant, like a mighty oak tree even, or maybe a, a wispy little flower that's just poked its head out of the snow. You pluck that thing enough, it will die or go away. And Amazon... Blasted back at uh, the Seattle City Council. Super progressive Amazon. Starbucks is with them. We remain very apprehensive about the future created by the council's hostile approach and rhetoric toward larger businesses, says their Veep. It forces us to question our growth here. And Starbucks. Wow, that's a heck of a statement from, uh, that's from Amazon? Yeah, listen to what Starbucks said, the great progressive Starbucks. One of the most powerful companies in the world, just kind of by accident, has made your city its home. And it, it like like just because like the guy was from there or like like you know like General Motors in Detroit or 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 Apple in the in the Palo Alto area you just you know you got lucky there you're yeah. gonna drive them out by taxing them out of there that's incredible and now they're saying hey we'll leave right that's what I'm th- I tell you I think they're gonna open up that second headquarters and then just transition into the second headquarters right just milk that first headquarters for the jobs and the productivity and what happens there into the second one mm-hmm. right but anyway so the super progressive starbucks said something that it, it, frankly it echoes what we were talking about last hour the difference between slogans and the real difficulty of grown-ups getting together and deciding public policy which is way way harder than your chance my friends chants C-H-A-N-T-S. Starbucks said, this city continues to spend without reforming and fail without accountability. Irma Gerd, that's Starbucks. Say, no, you can't just throw giant piles of money and say, look at us, how righteous we are. You're, You're not doing any good. You're wasting money. You're not reforming. And people who waste the money just ask for more money to waste. No, 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 cries the great progressive Starbucks, which just instituted an anyone can poo here policy so we don't hurt anybody's feelings. Right. Come on. Wow, when Starbucks says you're too unicorn, right? you're too unicorn. Yeah, get off your unicorn and, and understand this is not easy. This is not simple, and you can't just take our money and throw it at something because it makes you feel righteous, you bastards. Seattle's Chamber of Commerce said taxing jobs will not fix our region's housing and homelessness problems. I meant to get into it more in depth last week and never did. We should touch on the horrible reporting around Trump's their animals comment. It was beyond bad. It was criminal. It is about as bad as I've ever seen the media go out of their way to misreport something. And on a subject of race, you're doing some serious damage. Amen.
And some of the things said by Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi and others just really out of bounds. Yeah, I I would say this. Final thought before we go to break. If you ever think we're too cynical about politicians, please stay tuned. Yeah, coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. I didn't want to get into this last week, but it's just it's just so over the top. Um, we're going to play a clip of Howard Kurtz, who is uh, he works at Fox now as a media analyst, but he was at the Washington Post for years. He is in, in no way a uh, a right wing nut. No, for anybody who wants to dismiss him because no, he's on not Fox. even close. Um, plenty of people called him a left wing nut when he was at the Washington Post. He's he's a guy that looks at the media and how they cover things and. And uh, he got into the whole Trump calling immigrants animals. Oh, my God. Thing. Oh, my God. That is so racist and terrible. Yeah. We'll, we'll play this for you and then discuss. But it was, uh, to me, some of the worst. I don't know if you even call it journalism. It's probably it's probably more accurate to say it was a great example of biased journalism. It was on purpose. Yeah, I there think. may have. Well, uh, we'll discuss. Okay. Yeah. Here's how the story unfolded. You wouldn't believe how bad these people are. These aren't people. These are animals. But what was downplayed or ignored was that Trump was responding to California Sheriff Margaret Mims on the frustrations in tracking MS-13 gang members. There could be an MS-13 gang member I know about. If they don't reach a certain threshold, I cannot tell ICE about them. Even now, some journalists aren't quite accepting the president's explanation. The White House now says he was referring to the criminal immigrant gang MS-13, not to all immigrants, though he didn't say so. Trump defenders immediately claimed that the president was only talking about members of the gang MS-13, which is not true. I refuse to allow this president to kind of define good immigrant, bad immigrant, because the litmus test at this point is simply that people who were not born in this country are animals. President Trump is open to misinterpretation when he uses sweeping incendiary language. But in this case, some news outlets went far beyond his words, and the furor keeps growing despite the media's corrections and clarifications. Wow, Lawrence O'Donnell is absolutely unmoored from any semblance of morality. Well, I took in a fair amount of coverage on this story, and he is one of a dozen I've seen just as over the top yeah. with that sort of commentary. This, this was in the New York Times. Hammering. This was in the New York Times. All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go ahead and have those ready. Stop the hammering. <laughs> um, this was from the New York Times. Which are, what are the consequences of this sort of dehumanization, calling all immigrants animals? Historically, it has led to, and of course, you know they're going there, oh, the boy. Holocaust, the oh, Nazis, etc., etc., et Stalin, this and that. Um, and Nancy Pelosi uh, on Friday said, this was a new low, when the President of the United States says about undocumented immigrants, these aren't people, these are animals, you have to wonder, does he not believe in the spark of divinity, the dignity and worth of every person? 
Every day you think you've seen it all. Along comes another manifestation of why their policies are so inhumane. Calling people animals. Rolling Stone's headline, Trump's animals comment proves immigrants are all MS-13 to him. Wow! The Atlantic, Trump's animals remark is threatening to immigrants. Washington Post, no one is an animal. So, Fresno County Sheriff Margaret Mims was expressing frustration and said to him, Mr. President, I have MS-13 members, dangerous people. I can't even call ICE about them. And the president said, yeah, those are bad guys. Those are really bad. They're not even human. They're animals. Specifically, unmistakably, inarguably referring to MS-13 members in jail. To interpret in any other way is either mentally ill or you are intentionally whipping up the populace to gain ratings, readership, or partisan advantage. You cannot be cynical enough about politicians and, uh, apparently, uh, partisan media. So you got you got people in the media who are willing to go around claiming the current president of the United States thinks you're an animal because you have brown skin. Um, and that is going to, you know, that, that's going to lead to violence. Well, yeah, well, that's going to lead to two races that can't live side by side. And the president didn't say that. That's the problem. Hatred, resentment, fear on both sides. That's an incredibly incendiary thing to claim. Now, as Howard Kurtz pointed out, some of your major news outlets did uh, clarify. But the clarification's never heard, obviously. That's it the- f- sucks to be out here <laughs> with this out of control sh- <laughs> You know, um, Michael, you're undermining our righteous indignation just a little bit. Uh, where were we? Uh, well, yeah, uh, Andrea Mitchell shocked me. I thought she was at least moored to, uh, you know, some semblance of professionalism and sanity. The the White House has claimed that that, of, oh, that's right, hers was, of course, the White House immediately claimed that they were referring to MS. Yeah, because it was specifically a response to Sheriff Mims. So you've got that. You've got people who may be doing it on purpose. Clearly, Nancy Pelosi's doing it on purpose, oh, right? Sure. Yeah. Ch- she she is so desperate. She uh, she would kill your baby to get ten votes. All right. Really. And she sees the opportunity to get brown votes but, here. So. But I did see a number of interviews with people who said, "Yeah, I believe he was referring to MS-13, but to call them animals is dehumanizing. Nobody is an animal." You shouldn't call any human being, even a member of a violent gang, an animal. And I thought, are you freaking kidding me? It's a common expression. That is your worldview, that somebody's murdering people on the streets. You can't call them an animal because it's dehumanizing to them. Wow, you are way out there. God, we are a flabby, indulgent, affluent society, are we not? Find out where this is going on. It's either there or there, or out there somewhere. Amen. But seriously, the coverage on that is about as bad as any. I can't think of a worse example. Yeah, I know. Especially something with such um, high stakes. This isn't like, you know, what's the size of the crowd at inauguration where the, there are no stakes. Right. That's this, how, this is going to cause people to, to, to fear or hate other people. That's how desperate the politicians and media are these days. God, that's troubling. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, Trump attacks and demands to get the DOJ to investigate spying within his campaign ranks. And a major company's just trademarked a smell. Stories coming up moments from now. Trademarked a smell on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Is LeBron back on the court tonight? 
He, uh, you talking about his dome injury? Blow to the head? No. Or are you just are, there's a game. The ah. game, yeah, the game's tonight. Yeah, yeah, awesome man. He was freaking unbelievable yeah. the other night. He is, I, he's the best ever. Playing with a bad team, right? It's just, just incredible. Now, if I was to say he's a beast, would that dehumanize him? I guess. All right. I won't say it. Let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. Uh, President Trump demanding an investigation into whether his campaign had been infiltrated or surveilled for political purposes by the FBI or the Department of Justice. As NBC News White House correspondent Peter Alexander says, Trump has been teasing this move for several weeks now. At some point, he said he would no longer stay away from the Justice Department. Apparently, that point just came with the president making this demand that the DOJ effectively examine whether his campaign was infiltrated, basically saying, let's investigate the investigators. Trump tweeting yesterday he will tell the Department of Justice to look into those allegations today. I am the one who... uh... I, always, I hate the word poo-poo. Poo-poo? What, what, what's another term for that? I'm the one always... Dismiss? Dismiss. Yeah, yeah I'll go with dismiss, because yeah. I'm not going to say the other one. Sounds like something a two-year-old would say. I, I'm the one who always dismisses the, the, the term constitutional crisis. But I feel like now that the president's having the Department of Justice investigate itself over yet another thing... We're getting into some pretty constitutionally sticky situations, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah, it might be helpful, though, as we sort through this. We'll learn something about ourselves and each other. Back to you. (laughs) (laughs) Representative Adam Schiff, the ranking Democrat in the House Intel Committee. He and Nunez should never be listened to at all. Neither one of them. On any topic. On any topic. What time is it? No, not from you. That's how it should be. Schiff was asked about Trump's claim about the spying. This claim by the president, suggestion by Giuliani that there is a political spy embedded in the Trump campaign is right. nonsense. There you go. Nonsense. Meanwhile, they're now saying... I don't know how you can call it nonsense. There was a guy right. in the campaign reporting back to the FBI what he heard. Now, if it was a counterintelligence move and it was designed to protect the yeah. Trump uh, uh, campaign from being bamboozled by the Russians... Okay, that's fine, but that's not nonsense. That's a distinction worth making and, and figuring the, out. The trouble is, now that we've seen the personal texts of a couple of FBI agents, we know that yeah. they're all not, uh, uh, you know, without their biases. Right. So you send somebody into the Trump campaign to report back on them. Where are you? I don't know. I don't know how you're supposed to handle this. And this guy's an FOC, right? A friend of Comey, isn't he? I don't know. That. Well, that doesn't matter. So I want you to picture this, y'alls. Uh, how about Elizabeth Warren is running for president? She's gaining some momentum. Right. You know, she got a following, the big rallies, the rest of it. Everybody's going crazy in the stadiums. And you find out the Trump administration put an FBI informant in her campaign to uh, let Jeff Sessions know what's happening. Yeah, would you be on cool some, on some topic? Right, and you yeah. wouldn't see that as a, nothing wrong with that. Right. Maybe it's G- an innocent sounding topic. Give me a break. You, you're going to be okay with that. Tell me true now. So that's what we're looking at. Hawaii officials confirming the first lava-related injury from the Kilauea volcano eruption. The man was standing on the third floor balcony of his home on Saturday when he got hit on the leg by a lava bomb. His neighbor on the NBC's Today Show. He took a pretty good hit to the lower leg, and he's in the hospital now, and we'll we'll see if he loses a foot or not. 
Oy, well, low. it's 2,000 degrees, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. I mean, it's so molten that, rock. Yes. Yeah. So that, that can't be good. <laughs> no. On the other hand, they will be serving lava bombs at Waikiki Beach <laughs> as soon as all this is over. Well, probably. Yeah, yeah. meanwhile, the lava from the uh, volcano has been pouring into the ocean. The flow of the molten rock picking up speed over the last couple of days. As the uh, lava and the seawater meet, it's created another cloud of toxic steam. That's filled with hydrochloric acid and fine glass particles. <laughs> Other than that, breathe deep, everybody. Jeez. Holy cats. So he, that guy must have thought he was away from the yeah. action. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, this big chunk of lava flies through the air and hits right. him in the leg. Right. Oh, but he was on a third floor balcony. Ooh. Boy, Mother Earth is uh, fighting back, apparently. Hasbro has officially trademarked the smell of Play-Doh. Turns out smells can conjure up very, very strong memories and emotions in people. That's why the company decided to make the move. Hasbro Play-Doh is, has a unique smell, and it does conjure up images, no doubt about the it. The company describes it as a sweet, slightly musky, vanilla-like fragrance with slight overtones of cherry, and the natural smell smell of it uh, sailed wheat-based dough. A, a Play-Doh sommelier? What, what is yes. going on? <laughs> That's what they're serving up. That's what they wrote in their request. That's what I smell like. <laughs> Registering the iconic uh, Play-Doh scent as a trademark gives Hasbro a whole host of fun and creative opportunities, the company says, in the future. But in the present moment, plans are not currently set. I got one kid who's like me. The idea that the colors should be mixed together, just what I, I don't even know what you're talking about. The, you do not put the colors together. They stay separate. That's the way I was. That's the way he is. Other kid, just they got to be mixed together. He can't, he can't resist Mixed them together. You're wow. either born wow. that way or you're not. A mixer or non-mixer. Yeah. Uh. On, Back to the scent thing. Yes. Or do you have more? No, go ahead. I ran into a gal the other day who was wearing some scent. Musky lady. That was horrible. I mean, Musky, it was this one. so bad. And I know her. Oh, really? Oh, okay. She's a great, great person. Great person. It was so awful. Just ran into her randomly. Like, so you think she was wearing a scent that is bad, or she just smelled like she was unwashed? It was a product of some sort. Oh, no, no. It was not not body odor. just ripe. But it was a product, and I want to say you smell like a cadaver. I mean, this is a mistake. Whatever it is, stop it. But it was out in a public place. I just wonder, oh, what is that? Do you have a dead raccoon stuffed in your pants? I mean, what is <laughs> your smell? Terrible. Yeah, it was, oh, man. If eh, Well, I don't know. I, just, I guess that's for uh, no boyfriend or whomever to, to say. As I me. have mentioned, yeah. working at bars and hanging around bars, there is a particular scent that a lot of bar chicks have. I've never been able to identify mm. it. It's a combination of perfume and skankery mm. that just mixes together. And alcohol. It's got its own, maybe that's alcohol yeah. seeping through the pores. It's got yeah. its own musk. It's yeah. its own smell. Wow, yeah, sweat, does. alcohol, and cheap perfume. If I smell that smell, I know oh. a lot about your lifestyle. Just a little cigarette smoke. <laughs> oh, man, Warriors trounced the rockets by 40. bit of desperation. By 41. That like blood in the water for a shark to me. Like, all like 18 city blocks away, I can catch a whiff. Uh. You can smell low self-esteem across a room. Warriors rock the rockets, beat them by 41 points, 126-85. Steph Curry on a roll, notching 35 points last night. Curry waiting. Off a screen. Deep three straight on. Got another one! Boy, when he gets on a roll, he's unconscious. 
Game four of the series tomorrow night back in Oakland. Now, Jack, you mentioned earlier you like that little shimmy shake yeah. shoulder thing yeah. that he's doing when he's got, really on a roll. I got to yeah. admit, I wouldn't like it if he was on a different team I was rooting against. I would think that was really hot dogging. I'm incorporating that into my daily lifestyle. Right? <laughs> oh boy! When I set like the toaster setting and I get that nice, real brown bagel like burn eye. Sure. Oh yeah, a little shoulder shake. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nice. <laughs> Not at all ridiculous. <laughs> That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips here. Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Let freedom ring. Oh, that sound reminds us of something special. This I've is never... my house. I yell at the toaster yeah. while Debbie from HR walks <laughs> I've, by. I've never had that level of self-confidence that people like him get when they're doing well. I don't know what that feels like. I'm not sure I've ever done anything with Jimmy and over. <laughs> After sex, that'd be a good one. Stand up. This is my episode, <laughs> Jimmy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> we live here together. You ever see me doing that? Call 911. <laughs> <laughs> Something's gone wrong. Something's You've lost wrong. my mind. You're swallowing your tongue or something. So, uh, the numbers behind the numbers. How much money do you need to be wealthy in America? And what does it say about us as a people? Is Mr. T at a million and a half? Is he there? That's his net worth. We learned that earlier this morning. <laughs> Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Oh, that labor man said, son, now can you sing a little bit? Megan, will you take Harry to be your husband? Will you love him, comfort him, honor and protect him? And forsaking all others, be faithful to him? As long as you both shall live. I will. There you go. A little, of the, royal, a little of the royal wedding, which you're either, uh, you're either into or you're not. And I can't imagine being into it, but I'm probably into stuff you can't imagine being into either. That last voice was surely a sister or half-sister or a sister or cousin or somebody who's angry at her and is talking to the tabloids. As, uh, her family seems a little complicated. Katy Perry told TMZ she believes that Megan's uh, dress needed at least one more fitting. Oh, yeah. Meow. Clearly. And uh, did you see that <sighs> cool Jaguar that they drove off in? Nope. Oh, that was well, a, I may have seen it, but I didn't pay a, a lick of attention. That was a cool-looking car. <clears throat> Is that uh, an antique or something custom-made like for the UK? 1967, like, sky blue, sort of convertible, oh, yeah. super cool. $470,000 car. Very James Bondian. Yeah, exactly. Fantastic. Well, I wish those kids nothing but health and happiness, huh? Because I don't care. <laughs> Just Why wouldn't I? I'm pretty sure if I married a queen or something, my extended family would show up. They'd be like, yeah, we're not close, but it seems like a nice enough guy, and I understand it'll be a good party. There wouldn't be like I'm staying home, and I'm alienated, and I'm going to the tabloids. Uh, you know, Families are complicated, aren't they, Jack? Yeah, they can be. Yeah. So our finances, he says. Making a transition. Uh, I guess you guys talked about this uh, briefly on Friday. Mm -hmm. Bloomberg. You had abandoned the show during its time of need. That is correct, yes, and hope to again soon. Um, (laughs) Bloomberg uh, talking about how much money do you need to be uh, wealthy in America. I'm sure. I I did make the point we always make that it depends on whether you live in. You're in South Dakota or San Francisco. Yeah. What the multiplier is in each. Part of America, I don't know, but there is absolutely a multiplier. I mean, for instance, 
How well? Let's establish this. How old are millennials at this point? Blank age to blank age. Never mind when they're eighty-one. Is the uh, nineteen eighty-one? Yeah, is the beginning of millennials. Correct. Yeah, that's so, the eldest millennial. So they would be thirty-seven now. Correct. So we're talking twenty to thirty-seven, something like that, or fifteen to thirty-seven. Ish. Anyway, all right. Who cares? <laughs> so I'm I'm not that interested in what a nineteen-year-old thinks about financial security. Yeah, um, that's uh, the trouble with this whole generational thing. What a 20-year-old knows about the world compared to a 37-year-old? Come on now. Yeah, uh, and I'm sure a great deal is made of those differences, but to me, it's 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 just more about the attitudes that are displayed. But So, um, according to Gen Xers, which are in the medium, medium middle of life and kind of have a grasp of today's prices and incomes and the rest of it, um, uh, the amount you need to be financially comfortable is $1.4 million. To be wealthy, it's about two point six million on average. That's money in the bank net worth, I assume. Uh, but then again, that two point six to be wealthy, multiply that by at least one point seven five. If you live in one of the super expensive enclaves of America, many of them, you know, we're, we're on the air from the Bay Area to Seattle to San Diego to Portland, whatever, or New York City. Um, and if you're in Coon Holler, Kentucky, or here in South Dakota. Do it point, I don't know, 2.6 million. How much money do you have to have in the bank in Huron where you were born to be wealthy? A million? What I think? God, I think that'd be plenty. A million. Because you got like a really super nice $85,000 house, right? Or hundred right. dollars That's paid for. I'd say a million's way beyond what you would need. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I know, think it goes way beyond. Everybody has a different idea of what it means to be wealthy, but I don't need to be flying around in a private jet. Right. Right, that's like fabulously wealthy to me, which is not a category in this. <laughs> fabulously wealthy, <laughs> fab wealth. Uh, did we post this at Hotlinks last God, if, week? If I got, if I had, we'll, we'll do it today, so people can read it. If I had my eighty-five thousand dollars house paid for, and I had enough f- money to be able to feed myself for the rest of my life, I think I'd consider that wealthy. Yeah, certainly by world standards throughout history, it is. I don't have to worry about money till I'm dead. Yeah, yeah, that's wealthy. Uh, but what is wealth to you? This is the really interesting part of me. Part to me, rather. Um, they only let people choose one thing, I guess, because that, that looks like it adds up to 100. Um, what is wealth to you? The highest, uh, the biggest answer, 28% said living stress-free peace of mind. Um, interesting. Yeah. I don't know if that's, that's like a, a hippie uh, uh, answer. Or a, because I have enough money, I can do that answer. If you start getting into how nice a house or how nice a car or how nice a vacations you're taking, now you're getting into the, the gravy or the frosting or the frosting-covered gravy. Yeah, yeah. Which sounds delicious. Mm, au contraire. Uh, the number two answer, 18%, said being able to afford anything I want. Okay. Is, that's what wealth is. All right. That's most, yeah. Well, that's, that's not a bad answer. Anything you want? Yes. On a tiger that speaks. <laughs> like when speaking like... <laughs> Wow. That's kind of what I associate like wealthy with. Like, you know, anything you being want. financially secure is not wealthy to me. No, like okay. wealthy is frivolous and I can I can go, you know, spend $100,000 on nothing else than smiting my enemy. Although they're asking <laughs> what is wealth to you. Uh-huh. And the previous question was financially comfortable or wealthy. But so. for Joe, he's got the category of fabulously wealthy. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's important to me. Uh, number three, loving relation. What is wealth to you? Loving relationships with family and friends. Ah, a cup that's of coffee. That's wealth. A fresh cup of coffee and a tomorrow on the calendar. That's uh, all I need that's, for wealth. That's a good attitude. 
Uh, enjoying life's experiences. That's wealth to me. I think I know what they're going All for. All experiences? But, but we're <laughs> enjoying life's experiences. There's yeah. a chewed up dead bird on the lawn that my wife yeah. wanted me to get oh, rid of yesterday. look at it. It reminds you of how precious life is. <laughs> how was I supposed to enjoy that experience? And this rash, this rash, this painful <laughs> oozing rash, it reminds me that the body is an amazing machine. Uh, having t- lots of money, that's wealth to me. See, this uh, uh, again. Lots of money. <laughs> It's difficult to reject that answer. What is wealth? Having lots of money. Then are those bad people? Because they didn't say having loving relationships with family and friends. That's what wealth is. That's what true wealth is. The guy asked me what wealth is, and I told him having lots of money. I'm sorry. I didn't even think of a sunrise and a puppy. Holding hands with my wife. Yeah, I mean, come on. I like that, too. No, you didn't answer that. Having good health is true wealth. Yeah, well, that, that's that's true. When your health goes, then you realize, you know, that's the only thing you got. Yeah. The only thing. Being charitable is second. and Well, 2% said that, and other was 3%. I really want to know what the other were. So dumb and obscure. Owning a hot air balloon. <laughs> Owning my own hot air balloon. Having a quality hairpiece. That's wealth. <laughs> I think for most of America, million anything a million where you're talking millions of dollars is like way over the top. Yeah, yeah. But you know the the last question they ask is what makes a rich daily life? Now that is the question that we and you need to answer. Maybe but we're we'll, out of time. Maybe we'll answer that coming up. So a lot happened over the weekend. Trump's gonna investigate or wants to investigate the DOJ or something. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show.